that sound can only that song means as we said before only one thing and one thing only and that is that you are listening to a podcast called like trees walking that is true in fact because that is a bespoke song written for us it was well how many people can say they've had songs written for them well it was it was not written (laughs) that's that we're already lying we're lying it was gifted to us for our theme song. That's right. It was an extant song. Yes. To use a word there that confuses people. Extant. You know that word. Oh, yeah. Of course I know extant. It exists yes. now. Yes. If you say an existing song, I don't think that's the same meaning. No, I think it's an extant song. It was an, it was extant, and uh, we were gifted it by the ver- the uh, wickedly talented, as John Travolta once said. Adele That's truly one of the great moments. The wickedly talented. Adele <laughs> Daniel Hupp, thank you. God bless you. Uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar. He gave us the song, and no one else. You can't just go on Spotify. You can't go on Amazon Music. You can't go on Apple Music. You can't go on Title, oh, uh, artist owned and operated Title, mm-hmm. to get it. No, you only get it here at Light Trees. Like Trees Walking, and Light Trees Walking is a podcast. If you hadn't figured that out yet, where we talk about the big issues of life, life, death, the meaning of life, God, the universe, truth, morality. Crime and punishment. Yes. Uh, many things, which we do from a Christian perspective. However, we'd like to broaden the conversation to everyone, as you'll see today as we talk to oh. the Hindus and the, <laughs> and, the, and the Jews and the okay. uh, Buddhists and the comedians and everyone. Oh, they're all included. They're all included. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a, a big topic today, a, a major work of theology, I think. One of the most important contemporary works of theology. By a very, very popular artist. Um, I think he's very popular. Oh, extremely popular. We'll touch on that. It's a he. Yes. Um, And we'll talk about that. And then afterwards, well, I guess we should tell the whole thing. Because it doesn't make, we can't dance around. How much can we dance around? It's a piece of work. Yes. So go ahead. Who are we first, by the way? Oh, yeah, we should say that. We're the podcast Like Trees Walking, and we're made up of two people. One of which is uh, Pastor Dave Berge, who's across from me right now mm-hmm. at uh, Like Trees Walking Tower, uh, high atop, looking out over the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I am Michael J. Nelson. I am uh, a parishioner at his church. Yes. And you are a, you produce content for a small... A small internet company. Yes. I'm a content creator. <laughs> for a small internet company. Yep. That's how I, uh, that's how I build myself. <laughs> so that... Out of the way, let's talk about the vastly more popular person who we're going to break down his That's work. That's right. This is a comedian. I got to confess, I'm not that familiar with his work. I think I've I've seen bits and bobs of people sending me little things. He's a comedian. I think he was a YouTuber or one of the, you know. Oh, yeah. I think, I think his... that's kind of what he, that's what he started when he was a young kid, maybe 16, maybe a little bit younger. I suppose we could check Wikipedia if we really wanted to know. But he was a teen. And he just started putting these little, singing these little songs, uh, posting them on YouTube, and built a following by doing that. And a massive following at that, I think. And the last thing I knew, he had that very popular Netflix special. Yes. um, Which is, I think, only a few months old. Um, If that, yeah, a couple months old. We're recording here in 
August of 2021 for yes. those tra- star dates, you know, for those keeping track. But yes, yeah, so we're talking about, of course, none other than Bo Burnham, if you haven't figured out already. And yeah, he recently released a Netflix special, which I watched in its entirety to prepare for. Oh, the show. interesting. I did. I so did. should we get your thoughts after breaking down what I think is an older work? Yes, this is an older work. I think that we sh- I think that I will save my thoughts about the special till then. I think that's okay. the best way to do it. And the reason that we were teasing this the way we are is because you probably have to know when you're listening to two people that you may or may not. You don't know us personally, obviously. Most of you don't. So you'll want to know, well... If you don't like this guy's work, well, who do you like? Mm-hmm. So this is a sort of calibrate your taste thing to steal from one of my other podcasts uh, where you kind of want to know, all right, smart guy, if what? you're going to be critical yeah. of this, then you got to tell me what you like, which I think is only fair. So we will Very do that fair. after we break down this piece. So then you can decide, should I take them seriously or should I not? <laughs> which you probably have already done anyway. Yeah, you decide. Yes. So let's uh, let's get into it. This work is called, I think it doesn't have an official title. It's just called From God's Perspective. That's it's how kind, I, that's, that's kind of what he yeah. says. So, so Mike, you're, you're going to cue this up. Yeah, I'm going to be running my, what is admittedly my sort of crude music input. If we had like a producer and a, we'd have another board and we'd just slide in the bits. So you'll have to do some vamping while I figure this out. But, uh, but here we go. Let's open. I want to play you the opening of it because he introduces it. I trimmed off a little bit where he was speaking before, but uh, let's listen to this. Okay. Uh, This is a song from the perspective of God. So you hear there. (laughs) I think we uh, we, we were right about what it is, and then you hear the laughter? I do. People are primed. What what is that about? I think because, so this audience is obviously familiar with Bo's work there. They're primed to be laughing. And so there's just the, the it's the anticipatory laughter of, man, I can't wait. Like this, he's, this takedown is he's going, be epic. he's going there. And I, what is this, what is this guy coming up with next? You know, they're writing the title in their heads already. Watch Bo Burnham totally destroy God. Is that what you And when was this from? I mean, just to kind of set. Uh, let me, let me look at the, I have a, a lyric thing up here. Maybe it says the year. It's got to be like I'm gonna guess 2009. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have it. Is it that old? It's or 12. Let's say 2012. I'm gonna oh, say 2012. Hey, hang on. It says 2013. Oh, I don't know if that's right, but it says from the album what? 100. percent It's got to be 2013. Okay. All right. Let's continue with the work of the theologian Bowburn. They're re- they're already still laughing. I love it. Books you think I wrote are way too thick Who needs a thousand metaphors to figure out you shouldn't be a dick All right, I'm going to stop it. There's a lot going on here. (laughs) Pastor, what about that line? I have the, the books you think I wrote are way too thick, says God. Who needs a thousand metaphors to figure out you shouldn't be a D? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't want to watch you sleep. Surprisingly, I don't use my own. Oh, we aren't there yet. Sorry. No, don't go and sorry, skip sorry, ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, the books you think I wrote are way too thick. So what what is he referring to here? It's got to, he can only be speaking of uh, what, you know, Christians and Jews would refer to as the Bible. And then he's, maybe he's throwing in the Quran in there too. Uh, that's possible. Let's give him that. Let's give him that. Let's, let's throw the, the let's throw the Holy Quran in there too. So, uh, I mean, theologically, they're, that their Christians and Jews don't believe that God wrote 
the Bible. We believe. Well, I think I'll go even further. I think the the person that he's skewering here, or that he's really thinking of some gap toothed idiot who's just clutching his Bible or whatever. Not even that guy thinks like his worst example of a Christian doesn't think God wrote the Bible. No, we we believe that the there's the we think I can't speak for Jewish tradition, but in the Christian tradition, it's that the Holy Spirit was inspiring the the human author, authors so that God has you know chosen to reveal Himself through this particular uh, set of writings. I, I think for my and my understanding, I'm not a uh, Islamic theologian, or I'm not an expert in Islam, but my understanding is is that's you know that Muhammad that the Quran was in a sense dictated to him. So yes. it's not that God wrote it in the sense of like he got the pages of the Quran in Arabic, you know, in the cave or whatever. But that that was much more of a a dict like a literal dictation of God's word uh, to to the prophet. So in that sense, it would apply a bit more, if not directly. You know that that Muhammad was God's stenographer. Uh, much more so than the than the 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 Christians or Jews would understand in terms of the uh, you know human authorship of the Bible and the relationship between human agency and divine agency and inspiration as it goes into that. So right, okay. Second line um, again. This is God speaking about the the Bibles. Yes, and the books, the holy books. Who needs a thousand metaphors to figure out you shouldn't be a D? A D. Well, we're we're begging some questions right now. What does it mean to be a D? I mean, Bo needed. He's kind of being a D in okay, this song oh, for sure. He's being a big D. He needed a few more metaphors apparently to figure out that he should not maybe be a D. And I don't think a thousand metaphors is enough. I think there are not enough metaphors in the world to help human beings figure out not to be D. not just that we shouldn't be D's, but like because you know. Almost every person will go, yeah, of course you shouldn't be a D. But our ability to actually not be Ds yes. is very weak. Also, um, is that what we think the Bible is? Uh, let's just say it's the Bible. A thousand metaphors? No. <laughs> is that, it's not it's all metaphors, is it? Like, I don't think so. I don't think anyone thinks that. All right, let's move on because okay. there's a lot in this. And I almost spilled my coffee. But you just, didn't, and I that's did not, not me. And I, I'm keeping my yeah, coffee safe. We've got it. I'm using. You, know, you should never have equipment and coffee together. And yet, I'm breaking that rule. Mike gave me a coffee stool, and I'm using it as a knee, as a leg razor right now. Yes, it looks very cool. Thank you. Hey, um, <laughs> I should point out we're listening to a non-bleeped version of this. We're hearing the swears. God is, he's got a filthy mouth on him in this song. So yes, this is from the perspective of God. Just a warning. Uh, we'll, we'll bleep out the, the things, but, you know, also a warning if you're super sensitive. Anyway, here we go. And I don't watch you when you sleep. Woo! Surprisingly, I don't use my omnipotence to be a f- creep. All right. I, I think this is the least substantial of the lines, so I don't think there's no. much to... Yes. Okay. So God is, this is, un- is unable to see you sleep, or it would be creepy if do he that. saw yes. things. I don't know. It's like the Santa, like the conflation of God and kind of Santa Claus, or like a you know yes. thinking of God as like a just a. This is again a pr- which is a, a mistake that uh, Christianity and all the great theological traditions are trying to mitigate against th- that God is not just a projection of a. So think of a human being, all right, and then just think of a gigantic human being doing yes. all the thing human be- human beings do. That's not the type of uh, that's that's not the type of being that that God is. No, and and it, maybe this says a little bit more about Bo than he wanted to give away here, but who knows? I don't know. 
Uh, all right, let's continue with You're this. not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven. Why the fuck would you think I'd ever kick it with you? None of you are going to heaven. There's a trillion aliens cooler than you. I want to let that woo and that clapter play out there. And that's the cor- That's the chorus that kind of repeats itself, right? Uh, it has different lyrics for the, but yes, you are not going to heaven uh, for for all these reasons. Uh, why would you think I'd ever kick it with you? None of you are going to heaven. There's a trillion aliens cooler than you. So at this point, in Bo's theology, God does actually exist, right? Yes. Or yeah. Is well, he still is trying to pers- make it? Yeah, I know. But this is from know, the perspective of God, Mike. But he's making it so ridiculous that we're like, how could you ever think that there is a God? But I think that he, I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure out. Does in the end, is he like, no, when Bo constructs God, this is how God would be? Or is Bo just saying, God is such a ridiculous concept. Stop even trying to think of it. Of a god. That's a good. That's a good question. I think it. I think it's kind of the former. Like that, he is not. I don't think he's. I. I, I think he's. I don't think he's like an atheist or. I don't know what he is, but I'm just saying. And when I hear this, I don't think of like hardcore atheism. I think of an agnosticism with a kind of misanthropy thrown in there. And you know, man, human beings suck. We're so stupid. But if I could think of like a credible version of God, he would kind of like not really give a rip about us. You know. Right. Yes. Okay. That's what I think it is too. But I wanted to leave room for he's making him so absurd that it would be idiotic to even why are we even thinking about it, which I think is sort of in there. That's the kind of agnosticism is like none of us know, man, but it's really stupid to to put your finger on anything that God could be. Then he proceeds to put his finger on a million things. That right. God is. So I think his his point is like just how dumb his and this is a recurring theme, like how sort of stupid human beings are. And ridiculous and absurd. Now we get to the lyric I have perhaps the most issue with. Okay. <laughs> you shouldn't abstain from rape just because you think that I want you to. You shouldn't rape because rape is a f***ed up thing to do. Pretty obvious. Just don't rape people. Didn't think I had to write that one down for you. Ooh. <sighs> I don't know what to make of this. Uh, this is, and that is a, uh, I mean. Like all morality is is completely obvious, mm-hmm. I guess. And so to even think that you have to tell people about morality is idiotic. But then in his own version of it, like, I don't understand. But, but this crime occurs all the time and evil occurs all the time. And people. But you shouldn't have to be told to not do it. It, it's it like, is, the, you know, people like him tear down like the, you know, all of the things of Western civilization are torn down and we're told are ridiculous that are at least yeah. sort of sourced in the Bible or the Ten Commandments. The Judeo-Christian view of the world are told are ridiculous and disallowed from public discourse. But then when society begins to break down because of the lack of those moral guideposts, suddenly <laughs> it's just, well, you don't, nobody needs to tell you. Like, we were trying to tell everyone, but we're not allowed to. And now suddenly, well, just just don't do it, man. Like, wh- how idiotic is that? Well, and even the, so, the cat, the, and this is, I mean, if you have uh, know someone who's been sexually assaulted, experienced sexual assault, I know this can be a very, like, this is very, obviously, like, a sensitive topic. Uh, but just these notions of what constitutes, like, a 
coercive sexual encounter. You know that that is something that um, isn't always plainly obvious, right? And the kind of role and value uh, of women um, within that, the 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 like the the meaning of consent versus coercion like these are not you know yeah these are not always obvious and you think like oh yeah just sort of the stranger going out and or the soldier you know just violating someone that's an obvious act but so much uh, kind of the cartoon villain twisting the mustache version of these things it's a lot of times the person most likely to do that to you is someone who's close to you normally so it's actually like it's the the morality of it is not so obvious when someone's in a given situation and to like actually think morally about these situations and the value of the other person is not so obvious. I mean, what would Nietzsche say? You know, I was, I was, I got it. I was preaching on, I forget, I was doing my Proverbs sermon series I've been doing recently and I got a chance to read again from my Nietzsche reader, which is always, I mean, Nietzsche is just a very interesting writer. Yes. Uh, you know, he's so interesting and he talks about kind of on the genealogy of morals or whatever. Um, and he's just talking about, listen, this is slave morality. He's saying like, basically he says that there is kind of a, almost this heroic uh, aristocratic version of morality. That's people who basically make their own way in the world. And so the, the, the big, the big man, the big person is the person who can kind of like live a life of honor and of glory by kind of conquest of the world. And this, like, don't rape people. Well, that's a form of conquest and kind of take, like, just do getting what you want for yourself. And that's a, a heroic way to live in a kind of Nietzschean framework. I think it's a god-awful garbage way to live. Um, but it's not so obvious to other cultures and other people, or that, that would even be a meaningful category. If you are a, um, morally superior person or a person atop a social hierarchy and someone's at a in a different class than you you almost consider them them subhuman like so it's not um like it's not doing anything wrong it's not a violation so why should we elevate the status of people to all the same kind of like moral significance is that something that's completely obvious within the course of human civilization obviously not and that, that's the thing that's annoying is like he's living the cut flower ethics as you know of we're cut off from the source of what our morality is he grew up with this the western view of the world and then just says that it's completely obvious like yeah you you started on third and you think you hit a triple yeah. that's you know it's ridiculous <laughs> their cultures all over the world throughout history had no such conception None whatsoever. And they exist today, obviously. So idiotic. This too. isn't so obvious to ISIS, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. The next, uh, I'm going to play just a couple verses now first to speed it up a little bit. And also because one of them is so silly that it's not worth it. But uh, here we go. I don't think masturbation is obscene. It's absolutely natural and the weirdest thing I've ever seen. You make my job a living hell. I send gays to fix overpopulation. Boy, did that go well. You're not going to heaven. Eat a thousand crackers, sing a million hymns. None of you are going to heaven. You're not my children. You're a bad game of sim. All right. So there we do have the simulation. The, the, we live in a simulation hypothesis. We need to do another pod top on that because it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. But so wait, God made the simulation? 
And then he has to tell the people that they're in a simulation. We're as insignificant as a game of Sims. And eat a thousand crackers, sing a million hymns. Like, that's obviously a dig at the, uh, at the Eucharist. Yes. Um, don't, you know, don't abstain from pork or what? Did he say that at the beginning? What did he say? Oh, that's coming up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, so it's just a den- it's just an utter denigration of the Lord's Supper, you know. Yeah, I mean it's, it's just like it's it's pretty gross. <laughs> it's just it, it's like not. I mean it's just objectively not. There's nothing. I don't see the punchline. Like I don't see anything really. Like I don't think he thought about it. I think he's funny. just like being the naughty naughty choir boy. Like it's the old like he's you know singing it and he's got his eyebrow arch and it's like the. Can he say that? Yes, like, exactly. Uh, what do they call it? Epate or ecate? Epate la bourgeoisie? You know, sort of shock yes. bourgeois sensibilities. Yep. And in 2013, this was even like lame. Like this isn't super transgressive. Yeah, I I, I was doing comedy way back in the in the early 90s, and there was a comedian who. He said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to say this thing that's so shocking, which I won't even, obviously, I'm not going to allude to. And, uh, you know, I was a young guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then as he was saying it and I watched the audience recoil, I was like, but that that's not funny or anything. <laughs> and that doesn't, like, so what? It's not, And then I thought about it more and the more I thought about it, it's like, you don't get credit for saying the things that other people hold back from saying because they have taste and morals and ethics and they care and they want to bring joy, like... You're saying something ugly and shocking. That does not equate. That's not humor. And it doesn't, it's not crafting anything. And uh, so anyway, I think that's what he's doing here. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a little bit of, there's this book called The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, which I, I recommend is, is, it's really good. It's very interesting. And he talks about, he kind of, when he's talking about the kind of moral sensibilities of, of different groups of people, and he presents these scenarios, which are like gross, but people from a kind of a Bo Burnham morality perspective have a hard time saying it'd be like violating a chicken carcass like that you buy at the store and saying like, is this wrong? And uh, there's lots of people in cultures who kind of have this deep sense of like disgust. And, you know, that's a uh, kind of a, one of their moral taste buds, he says, like they have a very easy time going like, no, of course, like this is just this is just wrong. This is a violation of what's right and wrong. And a kind of a Bo Burnham type is like, well, I wouldn't do, you know, they can't condemn it from that perspective. So again, it shows that these things are just not obvious. These are, yeah, these are disputed and someone's not an, yeah, an a disdainful idiot for having developed different moral sensibilities than you do. But I mean, of course, for Bo, you know, they're all just dumb idiots. They're not as smart as him. There was a short time where I was, uh, I was entering into conversations with a guy who claimed to be super agnostic, and I and a friend of mine were trying to convert him. Mm-hmm. We're so like that was openly our thing. Like we're going to try to convert you. He's like, okay, take your best shot. And we we did open with one of the the classic. Do you think it's wrong? Because he said he didn't believe in objective morality. Yeah. So we gave him the classic. You know, is it wrong to torture babies for for fun in all places at all times in all situations? He's like, ah, I just can't say that, man. <laughs> this is like, okay, give up, throw your hands. You're, you're just done. I mean, I, and he couldn't say why he couldn't say it, but he just would not say it. Yeah, it's just amazing. Bo Burnham type. Uh, all right, let's continue on. We're getting there, folks. We're getting there. Well, this is. You shouldn't abstain from pork just because you think that I want you to. You can eat pork, because why the f*** would I give a <laughs> He's naughty. I created the universe, think I'm drawing the line at the f- 
Deli aisle. Oh, those All right. those Jews. Yeah. And Muslim. You know? This is getting pretty uh, specifically mean here. That's, that's mean to the Jews. I mean, think about all those Jews who, you know, like one of the things in the, you know, Roman Empire, when they face some persecution, a thing, a very common thing to do is to force Jews to eat pork. Yes. Yeah. You know, to like, because, yeah. you know, like, so that's just, uh, I'm sorry, that the anti, uh, uh, I'm not, I don't keep kosher myself. I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Muslim either. But like the sort of dietary restrictions, uh, you know, say what you will, like to kind of say that to me, given the long history yeah, of it's, anti-Semitic yes. stuff like that is just, it's uh, it's not funny to me. Dare I say he's being a D? Here? He's being a D, yeah. He, yeah. That's being a D. Like <laughs> stupid Jews, like, um, and just re- have some intellectual curiosity to read about like why do you why know why do they think yeah why did you think that even if you don't agree with their reasoning you go okay that these dietary restrictions have a deep and profound um meaning and all civilizations have uh, taboos around certain things and so is there a deeper meaning behind those is that captures a part of our even from a purely like atheistic humanistic spirit you could at least have some sort of appreciation for why those things might have developed other than to just be a d Yes, and I, and I would even say, like, look, if uh, in our culture it is considered absolutely taboo to eat dog, and that has no, doesn't even have any religious significance, no. but you'd still be being a D if you just like mocked someone for not, eating, you know, like uh, why wouldn't you eat a dog? You you like, I don't care if you eat Fido, like just <laughs> slit his throat and barbecue him for dinner. Why do I care? Or even like horse meat. I know that it's yeah. less taboo, but you don't know anyone who's had horse meat recently. Uh, do as, you? As it happens, I do, but <laughs> but trust me, the reason I bring it up is because of the fact that it's very, very unusual. Yeah, they were in France. Okay, and where it's very, very common. yeah, France is just very extre- common, to extremely eat weird yeah. with the things that they eat. <laughs> All right, continuing on. A lot of sustained. This applause is for like that. keep it going. Like, let's see where you he's going. You and you bicker and you fight. True. Yep. Atheists and Catholics, Jews and Hindus argued day and night over what they think is true. But no one entertains the thought that maybe God does not believe in you. You pray so. Oh, I have oh. to stop. There All right, Mike. So you. That's that's just a groaner. That's if he puts that on his his paper where he's writing. You know, let's say he writes this down and gives it as his thesis for seventh grade of. Uh, uh, philosophy or whatever just like circle that with a big boo <laughs> that is terrible god maybe god doesn't believe in you Ooh. oh boy oh that's a deep deep thought um but what is he saying about okay so people argue over you know what is the meaning of life? what is is there a god what is existence about and that apparently that's a slam you guys argue about it and then he writes a song where he posits his his belief in God, and then everyone else should shut up about it. Like this is what God is. I'm Bo Burnham. Know exactly what it is. I'm going to sing a little song and get clapped her, and and there the issue is. And then he dusts his hands off and walks away. Like you can stop arguing now. I, this seems supremely arrogant and stupid to me. Yeah. Okay. I have I have nothing to add other than to say the point he that he might be trying to make, which is you know. 
that people uh it's stupid for people to kill it you know kind of fight and kill each other over um religious differences but he, he that's that's not what he says in those lyrics so that's not like i'm actually like reading into it in a different way so maybe you're, you're giving him the most favorable reading of it i'm trying to be the most charitable i can be and you know even that i mean you yeah. just look at human like conflict and warfare and fighting and yes it does break on religious lines off often or ethnic lines but these it's like again this is this might even be beneath imagine in terms of its like, yes and those things are so look uh, it's been said a million times like communism the the body count keeps growing like and that's a completely secular uh belief system so this silly thing about um you know more wars were caused in the name of religion not true but also irrelevant mm -hmm. <laughs> because these people aren't following the precepts they you know anyway so all right let's uh we're almost near the end here this is bo burnham telling you what the universe is so about. badly for heaven knowing any day might be the day that you die but maybe life on earth could be heaven. no what no doesn't just the thought of it make it worth a try what Let's, well, let's stop there. All right. None of that follows from what he you previously You pray so badly for heaven, knowing any day might be the day that you die. But maybe life on earth could be heaven. Doesn't just the thought of it make it worth a try? So he is getting almost explicitly into imagined territory We're now. Not, we've gone all, we've gone full imagine. <laughs> Which we broke down once, right? Didn't we did. We? Oh, of course. Yeah. One of our best episodes. I, it's just, to me, none of that follows. Like, human beings are idiots. Yes. Um, you're so messed up and stupid. This is a simulation. Uh, try to make Earth heaven. Yes. You knuckle dragging morons who are in or are you know that. So to me, that that pivot doesn't make any sense. That's sort of like the moral of the song, which kind of bothers me that he put a moral in there too. Yeah, like it's it 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 it. it yeah, I, I wish he hadn't done that. I think he, he's got the clown nose on the whole time, and then at the end, he just kind of gently <laughs> takes the clown nose off. Serious, you guys. Can't we just all get along? Get that kind of garbage. And how many people, uh, legitimately, how many, he doesn't know, this is to me like you don't know any religious people. And how many, I'm a pastor. People are not just going around all day praying for heaven. <laughs> That's literally not what people do. Yes, no. when people die, they want assurance that they are going to be in the presence of God. You know, that is like yes. a very, confronting death and, and mortality is a very important aspect of religion, to be sure. But especially in this day and age where death seems like a very distant reality for most people, their focus of their faith is not on, oh, just get me like, it's not fire for the vast majority of religious people. It is not fire insurance at all. So no. it's a complete caricature of anything. It's like, Bo, have you ever met? Uh, do you know any Christian people, Jewish people, devout Muslim people, devout Buddhists who don't like believe in heaven? You know what I mean? So... What's the cliche? He's a uh, a guy with a blowtorch in a field full of straw men here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just mm -hmm. setting up ridiculous premises. But he's getting but the he's clapter. knocking him down. He's getting the clapter. Let's uh, finish it off here. My love's the type of thing that you have to earn. And when you earn it, you won't need it. Oh, my love's the type of thing. Hey, the clown nose is off here. Yeah, this is the clown. Well, what does it mean? 
gonna give you love just cause I know that you want me to. If you want love, then the love has gotta come from you. Clown noses off, Mike. Clown noses off. I think this is the end. We're supposed to be just dabbing a little glycerin tear at the corner of your eye. Oh, listen to the. Oh, I cut off. The oh, you clap cut it off. Or, you... Yeah, but no, that was on the original. So bad and very bad ending. Very bad. There's a moral to the story. Hate that. All right, figure this one out. My love's the type of thing that you have that, to earn. That you have to earn. So it's complete antithesis <laughs> of Christian. Right. Grace is free. God loves you. Like you don't earn it. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. Right. So I don't know what he's saying there. And when you earn it, you won't need it. Yeah. So is this some sort of a, you know, like Nirvana thing? Like it's paradox. You just, if you get to the the point of not needing my love, then you've you've reached it, my child. You got to the top of the mountain, and there's the guy in the white robe. He needed a lyric. That's I mean, okay, because he I'm does, but gonna... he says that uh, as it says here, two X on this mm. two times. <laughs> Uh, and then he ends with the, again, this is, you're supposed to be dabbing your eyes. I think I'm not going to give you love. If you want the love, the love's got to come from you. Okay. It's basically like, stop, listen, people stop relying on some sky daddy for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to take responsibility as a human being for living your best life, your most moral life and doing your best here on earth to make it good. Right. And if that involves being in ISIS, go for it. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What is your best life? Don't be a D. What does being a D mean? Just ask Bo Burnham. Wow. Uh, Well, any closing thoughts before we we let people... We're going to take a little break here from an appeal from the pastor, and then we're going to come back and... So I am going to offer my insights on... Or just my perspective on... Because I watched the... uh, the special. Oh, right. The special. Yeah, watched, let's get back to that. I watched the special. Yes. And I will say, so it's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, and so he made it. I forget what it's called. Like, it's it's about the it's pandemic. About the pandemic. The yeah. pandemic. Uh, he made it himself. Uh-huh. In- incredibly uh, well made in terms of the production quality for mm. a guy doing this himself. I mean, very good. Uh, song writing and structure in terms of like the, the, the quality of it, so much better than a and then this kind of dinking on the piano, you know, comedy. Um, again, not like super funny. Uh, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm I, it w- like it wasn't. It was not cringe to this degree uh, at all. Okay. It's it's kind of him, I think, becoming self aware of maybe. Um, I, I think I would be interested to know the relationship between 2021 Bo Burnham and 2013 Bo Burnham. Oh, what okay. he thinks. Right. I'm I'm curious what he thinks of this person i would want to know that but it is kind of an anti it's kind of an anti-comedy you know that's what hmm. the 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 anti-comedy comedian it, it vibes that way um yeah. and so i think production value very high you know really interesting to see songs not funny um you know kind of his it's kind of like him doing sort of self-therapy self-awareness like a little the, bit of zach galifianakis in there maybe yeah the joke's kind of on me bit i would say but it yeah so it's also on comedy itself yes and, you know yes yeah of course it's on comedy so you know it's kind of this meta i guess like meta sure. comedy performance and so um like i'm not just a hater i'm just saying like that this uh this is such a this is this is so bad <laughs> this song that like no, has, there's nothing has improved you've said. there's nothing that's this 
cringe, like just okay. this completely like embarrassing. And so I'd be really curious to think what he thinks of his earlier work because he's he's young. He's like maybe thirty years old. He's very young, yeah. You know, so like he did this when he's twenty. You probably wrote this when he's like twenty years old or twenty one years old. Like, sure. I mean, I think he. I'll leave him some room for growth and maturity and development, and at least a little bit more. Even though he's, I'm sure, extremely arrogant person. Like he's a self aware, arrogant person. He seems to be more aware of being a self arrogant. And he hasn't gotten like the clapter or the crowds, you know. So maybe when you're yeah. writing, not for clapter, does that change like how you yeah. sort of write? And when we're in 2013, we were in meaning like you know he wrote this around 2012. We were kind of in that like new atheist milieu. Oh yes, still, that's true. You know, so yeah. I think culturally something like this played a lot better back then yep. too. Yep, especially in private the the circles he was running for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, let's take a little break. And when we come back, calibrating your tastes. Should you listen to these guys? Because here's the people they like. Mm -hmm. All right, just a second. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, we appreciate it endlessly. Um, if you could write a review and rate us on uh, on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Or we're, we're on Spotify now, which, you know, we're, yeah, Google still has a podcast platform. We do exist on there still. It's it's just a black box. I don't even care to, if you ever go there again. But so I feel like Spotify and, uh, and Apple Podcasts, that's the place to go. Rate us and review us if you have good things to say. If you don't, you know, just kind of maybe let this one slide uh but uh we do appreciate that appreciate the feedback also appreciate the person our most recent episode before this this is our last episode of the season by the way which we haven't touched on that reality at all uh they someone said hey like it's only your podcast episodes only on your website and i had had no idea so i was able to go back and correct that and fix that and it popped up so thank you person who gave me feedback that really helped us uh, actually get the previous episode uh the previous episode out so um we do listen you um we do appreciate you and uh let's keep circulating the pod all right all right and we are back thank you pastor oh you're welcome thank you person who told us how to get our podcast out um all right so we're going to go through a list of stand-up comedians and just give you our quick thoughts on them and then you can say okay these guys don't know comedy at all or these guys are are spot on and i'll I'll take their opinions on other comedians or a mix somewhere in between. So uh, give us the rundown, Pastor. Who, who do we got? Tell, right, us, and tell so them what we, the list is. So the list, this comes from Rolling Stone mm -hmm. magazine. The the cover of the Rolling Stone. Stone. Rolling Stone. Okay. So, you know, this yes. is a, a cultural kind of mainstream, you know, uh, uh, it's like the mainstream alt-weekly Yes. Vibing, you know. So this list is not our, we didn't cherry pick. No, nope, so this is not cherry pick. Shape our own view of it. We're hearing this for the first time. This is their live top the 20. Podcast. This is All their right. top 20 from Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, or their, this is their top 20 of their top 50. We're yes. not going to bore you. Yes. With yeah, the yes. At, coming in at number 20, I believe Minnesota's own. Minnesota's own. The late, the late, the great, great Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg, yes. So uh, I love him. I, I ditto. I really love Mitch I, Hedberg. I adore him. Yeah, he was incredible. Truly a unique, a unique take. Yes, um, many of his jokes are are family favorites. Yeah. So uh, okay, number nineteen. Oh God, he's such a great it, Mitch Hedberg is really great. Yes, consensus. Number nineteen, Albert Brooks. Uh, Albert Brooks, love him. 
grew up with him, liked some of his movies, some not so much. But uh, yeah, he was very innovative, as uh, the British say. As I say, who? Albert Brooks is uh, uh, Super Dave Osborne's brother. Um, he's a filmmaker. He started off doing kind of avant-garde comedy. Johnny Carson loved him, so he Johnny would, who was a fan of, you know, discovering new stand-ups, yeah. would have him come on, and he would do these kind of weird bits at the desk with Johnny, okay. and became a, a fan favorite. Um, so there you go. I don't know who this person okay. is. Sorry. He's great. Uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, love him. Okay, I think he's very funny. I don't, I don't think I've seen a lot of his stand-up, but I've, I've liked a lot of his movies. I think he's funny. Okay, I have can i know who he is cannot form an opinion okay like i just yeah sure all right number 17 bill burr bill burr he's uh sort of cutting it salty edge, a little yeah. bit mean and yeah. salty yeah. and got a fresh take a hot take um i, I like him i think yeah. he's, he's a funny guy and he's, he does take some brave stances and so uh good on him i'll give him like a b minus you okay. know like sure. a, yeah like, he's not the funniest person ever, but he's, yeah, he's a salty dog. He's a good, like, you know, kind of, when you think of a Tonight Show or, like, a late night show, having him next to you on the desk, you know, just kind of, like, mouthing off. Oh, yeah. He's a good, yeah, he's, he's a good. Water cooler stuff the next day. Yep. Okay. And this is number 16, Billy Connolly. I uh, don't know a lot of his stand-up, but I will say yes, I like him. I think he's a funny guy. Literally have no idea who that is. I believe he's, is he Scottish? Yes. Yes. Glaswegian. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. That's part of the appeal, I think, is that. Uh, that what great... are you telling me about that, Mike? Was, was that your. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wish you were on the list of my comedians <laughs> that I could rate. All right. Stephen Wright, number 15. Absolutely adore him. Love it. So, can you do a Stephen Wright impersonation? And I think anybody can do a Stephen Wright impersonation. All you have to do is lean a little bit closer into the mic and, and just flatten do, your voice. Just out. do a flat, like deadpan delivery of a joke. Yes, funny. He is funny. He's very funny. Yep, yep. Number fourteen. And this person I'm really only familiar with. I'm more familiar with this person through a movie, bio, oh. a bio, oh sure, a biopic. Andy yeah. Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Well, give me your take first. Um, not like I didn't. You know what? I like him. Not like laugh out loud funny, but just the commitment to the bit of just kind of being a weirdo on stage. Um, I, you know, kind talk of, about anti comedy. Anti comedy. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? This is, I'm not trying to be funny. You know what I mean? Like his very strong commitment to the yeah. bit. I like it. I liked his his more traditional bit when he got into the the res, wrestling shtick and all of that. It's like okay, there's a, there. I think there's a point of anti comedy that's too far. Okay, so not to my taste, but but I generally like him, and I think he was pretty brilliant. All right. Number 13, Bill Hicks. I don't think I know a lot of his stand-up. I mean, I know the he's in the Bill Burr kind of thing, isn't he? Sort yeah. of aggressive. And he's kind of like an angry comic, right? Angry, yeah. I'm afraid I don't have enough. I can't form an opinion. Not, yeah. Like, what, from what I, from what very little I've seen, he's just kind of like an angry, like, just kind of the angry, like an angry Carlin-y vibe, like, it, that I find mostly off-putting yeah. from comedians. Yep. Uh, number 12. Again, we're not making this list, folks. We're just reacting to yeah. Rolling Stone's list. Okay. Rolling Stone, you're going to get some uh, female comedians there's no, in here there's soon. No, there's no women comedians. We're not, not, making, we're the not list. making this list, okay? Yeah. Uh, Robin Williams. Uh, when I was younger, it was too, way too strong a taste for me. I hated him. Yeah. But over the years, you mellow and you go, like, look, there's no doubt he was incredibly talented. He's just not 
not for me. I've watched, you know, the old like specials where he's just sweating profusely yes. in his suspenders. Oh, yes. <laughs> and just like climbing everywhere and going crazy. Um, so, but I saw him a lot on like, I mean, I love like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, that's a great movie. Uh, that oh, dearie. <laughs> that Speaking is, of good acts. That movie is so great. Um, so I, I'm a fan of a lot of like, or some of the movies he's been in. I hated him whenever he was on like a late night show and like just kind of doing his shtick. The manic energy. Yeah, and, I hated it. Which that, that was apparently, if you believe the, uh, the stories circulated about him, research stories, magazine stories. Yeah. That's when he would steal most of his material because he just would, he had seen, he'd gone to the club the night before and seen a new comedian and he just would take, just full out take two, three minutes of their act. <laughs> And some claim, well, he was just so, you know, what do you call it? He was just such a sponge yeah. that he didn't really mean to steal it. It was like tribute and all of this stuff. Anyway, continue. Number 11, Steve Martin. Uh, I'll talk about his stand-up. When I was young, he was the first like superstar stand-up. Yeah. Absolutely loved his stand-up yeah. comedy. I think it was so funny. I've never seen a stand-up act, so I cannot speak to it, it. It probably now looks so bad because everything that he did is you've is so old. You know, you've seen it a million times. You're, you're probably like, oh, is that a cliche or lame? But he probably innovated it. All right. But respect. I mean, I you know, I respect uh, respect the game. Number ten, Mort Saul. Uh, I'll take a pass on that. I don't really know. I, I think it was just like. Um, political stuff okay so dry and you know like can you believe these nuts over in congress kind of stuff <laughs> so not not for me love it i have no idea who bart saw it, so yeah. i've never heard of him yeah uh number nine right we're getting our top 10 now yeah number nine dave Chappelle. i don't know his stand-up i'm afraid uh, I, I think i've seen little snippets of it and I, I think he's obviously very talented but i I've, I've kind of been out of like listening to stand-up in the time where he would have been doing a lot of his stand-up. Chappelle, uh, Chappelle is amazing. Is I, he good? I, and he, yeah, he has a lot of bits. Like, he, he would have some of his stand-up kind of woven into his Chappelle show. His short, uh, unfortunately short-lived, like, he kind of walked away from at the height of his popularity for various reasons um, from the from the Chappelle show, which was on Comedy Central, yeah. which is just, yeah. was like a brilliant... People revere that show, sketch. right? I mean, such... And it, you know, it's one of those shows, like, I'm going back and watching Arrested Development now, and you see, like, all of the kind of like running back gags or bits or lines there, you're like seven episodes in and you're already seeing these things that you kind of consider like these classic bits or whatever. And you go, Chappelle just hit like, he just struck all of these notes really? right away. Oh, cool. oh yeah. yeah. It's incredibly. I should go back and <laughs> watch it. I mean, it's, and as a Minnesotan, his like take on Prince and like the, oh my gosh. Oh, nice. Oh, all right. God. He's so, Chappelle, Chappelle is so. All right, so he's that's great. a big thumbs up. And his, his stand-up, yeah, and his stand-up, he had a stand-up special recently. He's so, oh, he's so funny, and he's kind of one of these fearless people, too. He'll just sort of, like, say what he thinks, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm a huge Chappelle fan. Uh, number eight. No, we're going to tread on oh, a little bit. We're treading on a little yep, bit I'm of... I'm looking at it right now. Whoopa, whoopa, whoopa. <sighs> he who shall not be named, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, the recently, the recently exonerated. I don't know about that. Um, you know, uh, the recently released from recently jail. Recently released from prison, Bill Cosby. Well, let me just say this up front. He, in our family, it was such a, a problem, you know, when he became current Bill Cosby, 
for everyone because he was so ingrained in like our lives of yeah. just words and phrases and sounds even that you yeah. could come you know chocolate cake you can't hear the words chocolate cake without thinking of the bill cosby routine yeah and then you'd start to like say a couple words and you go oh that's right <laughs> i can't uh so uh, absolutely his stand-up 100 percent adored it think he's absolutely brilliant consistently turned out really really funny stuff and he's a horrible monster so <laughs> i don't know what to do can with you those separate things. the art from the artist right it's like i mean it's like michael jackson like the man made amazing pop music and also was a pedophile yeah it's i i i don't know so i'm but gonna we're say, just being asked about right. a stand-up so, so you know i never i mean i've heard like kind of the one wreck i've heard the whoopa 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 the noah's ark one haven't listened to a lot of the other stand-up of course loved the cosby show i mean like i've watched that a bajillion times and sure. so i was such a fan of his kind of persona on that and then also like a fan of the um like kind of people making fun of the way he did things. I thought he was yes. so funny, like on the Simpsons and like, so that stuff was so if you, funny. If you can be imitated like that by a million people, then you know, you've, you've really hit it. All right. Number seven, Jerome, Jerry Seinfeld, still no women, but uh, uh, we, and we did not, did make, not make this, this list. list. We didn't make this list. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I love him. What's not to like? Uh, actually, when he was doing his, I'll talk about his early stand-up as well. I thought it was great. He was yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to be a comedian. Mm -hmm. Along with all these other people we mentioned, it's just like, yeah, he, he had it. I mean, I love, uh, I can't speak to his, his stand-up. I did see the movie The Comedian or whatever where he's like rebuilding his act. And yeah. there's a very unappealing other comedian yes. who's also part of that movie. But you see, Jerry's like actually a good, like an extremely gifted comedian. Um, and the Seinfeld is just, I mean, such it, it's remains to me. Like, I love that show. I can watch it always. And I'm con it, I'm constantly making reference back to it. It's like when they did this on Seinfeld. Yes. I love that show so much. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, number six, number six, Joan Rivers. Well, I mean, I love her. I, I grew up with her. I mean, she's been, she had been around forever. Mm -hmm. She is one of my wife's favorites. She's an inspiration to her. Uh, you know, she could get a bit raunchy, yeah. but as far as just energy and talent and just sh uh, showmanship, she was just the best. I knew her as kind of like the, you know, by the time I was around, she was like, she was on Hollywood squares, I think, or like the new Hollywood squares or something Sure, with Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> and so I knew her from kind of that. And then also sort of the red carpet, like smack talker. Yeah, that probably doesn't represent. That's not her stand up. Yeah, so I, um, I have no sense of her as a comedian. Yeah, when I was a kid and you'd see there was like a talk show or something and or a game show where there's people on, you're like, "Who is this person?" and they had obviously <laughs> lived an entire life yes. and had this career and as a kid you're going like, "Get them out of here." <laughs> but Joan Rivers was great. Okay. Uh number 5, Chris Rock. I uh, love him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think his Stand up is like he's one of the best. Oh, yeah. he's one of the like. So he is. Cow. I don't know how many stand up acts I've gone to see in my life. Not many. And but I did when I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. My uncle uh, worked at the like state theater of the Orpheum, and he got me and gotcha, a buddy dude. free tickets. And my parents were like, "I'm like, hey, can I go see this comedian? They're like, who is he? And this is this is an all timer, folks. I was like, oh yeah, he's kind of like a, he's kind of like a new Bill Cosby. <laughs> Because if my parents knew the content 
of this act I was about to go see, they probably yeah. would have said yeah, like have said no. no. But it was his role with the new tour. I had a T-shirt for that that I like got rid of years ago, and I wish I had hung on to that T-shirt. Oh, yeah. It was Chris Rock role with the new tour. It was probably like his like m- most classic like known for set um, that he did. I mean, it immortalized and on part of it was immortalized on uh, a couple bits of that were just like immortalized. One was on The Office where Michael Scott is they have to do like the sen- racial sensitivity training because oh, Michael's yeah. son is imitating like, you know, the difference between black people. I'm not going to say anything else, but like that's, that was a part of that show. Sure. Um, and then also like uh, when he's talking about gun control, but he's like, what about bullet control? And he's like, and, and um, just these amazing bits that were part of that show. I'm a, uh, he's an amazing standup. Yep. No, no argument. All right. Number four, Louis CK. Oh, another one where you have to, Heave a deep and heavy sigh before you give your opinion on it. But remember, folks, we're just giving opinions yeah. on the stand-up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the best. I've never wa- I've never seen his. I think he's one of the most prolific, one of the, yeah. And so it's, I think he's a dirtbag. I don't know. I don't think he hasn't been put in front of a jury, so I can't say. But as far as the stand-up, I'll say yes. Okay. Great. Never, uh, never watched Life with Louis, or is that the, the Louis Armstrong? <laughs> he had a he had a bunch of I yeah, his know, Louis, yeah. like his Louis show or whatever. I know, so I have just not been exposed to him at all to even form an opinion of him, okay. other than the things I've heard about all him. Right. Which he's a dirtbag, yes. but I can't speak to his comedy. Number three, Lenny Bruce. Uh, I'm going to give a my limit or, or my uh, uh, exposure to him is fairly limited, but I'm going to give a thumbs down. I think by the time I was listening to his stuff, he was he had gotten into that political rant, and mm-hmm. it was into his own myth at that point. But I had a friend who's like, "There's the classic. You got to listen to Lenny Bruce." Just not didn't give me a single laugh. So there you go. Uh, and this is it. so uh, we have, don't look at number one yet, Mike. Have you looked at number one already? I have not. Okay, I think I can. I think we can both guess. We'll do a guess before we do it. Oh, but, okay. Uh, Lenny Bruce. Uh, I, all I know of him is is like when. He's like kind of the guy where it's like a show about like comedy and they'll be like, listen, he broke all these barriers. He worked blue. He kind of like he was one of the first to cross the line and swear and like be real Mm -hmm. edgy. And so he's kind of like he was the edgelord of his day who moved the Overton window for kind of being crass in comedy. Yeah. And so uh, so I have no opinion of uh, that's all I know about him. Never watched a set. um, But I have a low opinion of someone who's just known for being obscene. Yeah. Okay. And it's not like, it's kind of like the shock people. Yes. Yep. Same deal. Number two, don't look at number one yet, though, Mike. I'm not. Number two, George Carlin. Uh, look, the guy had a massive career. He's revered by some. He just doesn't make me laugh. So calibrate your taste to that, folks. If you love him and you know that I just really don't like him at all, then so be it. I'm a modern man. I'm a modern man. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Skeep, scop, scuba, dabba, dee, uh, Oh boy, my internet is outerwear, and my yes. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, well, I just that was towards the. I know it's towards the end of that's his career. the third act of his career, probably. Right, there's like early black room glasses, George Carlin, and then there's like you know, hey, like kind of he, the eighties, the, the hippie weatherman, like way back in the sixties, yeah, like the early sixties, yeah. Uh, not, but not my thing. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Not a Carlin, not a Carlin fan. Mike, if you were to guess who's going to be the number one, I think I know who this is with a bullet. Oh, the number one stand up of all time. Yeah. I thought we've met, you know, Steve Martin, Robin Williams. 
I don't even have a guess because of Cosby and I haven't looked. I'm gonna gear. I I'll bet a hundred dollars right now. Well, who who do you think it is? It's got to be Richard Pryor, don't you think? Oh yes, it okay. has to be Richard. Pryor. Okay, and it is it number is. one is Richard Pryor. Um, yeah. What so? What do you think of Richard Pryor? Uh, again, I grew. I you know he was as when I was a kid, and you know as raunchy as he was, I was able to see some of his stuff. I thought he was great. I, I mean. What are you going to say? It's Richard Pryor. Yeah. I re- I don't like, again, I've only seen like about Richard Pryor. I haven't watched his stand up act. You know, I think he's in, is he in History of the World Part oh, yes, 2? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's great in History of the World Part 2, you know, but I have no opinion on his like stand up act. I didn't okay. see Well, his stand up was great. I mean, you can go back and look at some of the specials. It's probably still funny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, as always, content so, warning. So that was the top, tw- yeah. Yeah. He was a gro- like a kind of a groundbreaking comedian or, or, or seen as that. That's what I know of his reputation. Again, folks, that was Rolling Stone's top 20 of their top 50. Mike and I did not make it such that there was only one woman who were <laughs> part of that. We're just, we're just taking it as it was presented yeah, it to yeah. us. And I would say missing from that list for me, if I were to, to call out a woman, uh, one of my favorite all-time comedians, uh, Phyllis Diller. Oh, yeah. I, I love Phyllis 100%. 100%. She belongs Jeez. in the top 20, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Phil. She made me laugh every time. Yeah. The shtick, I don't know where she came up with that shtick, but it was dependable. And oh, uh, yeah, she is so she is so funny. And then someone else who's missing from that list for me, who I absolutely love and adore, is Rodney Dangerfield. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because he's his bit is just, and he's like, because I like those comedians who, you know, there's like the topical comedian, kind of the Seinfeld, the Chris Rock, you know, like their their bits are longer, and then there's just the jokesters like the Phyllis Diller or like the Rodney Dangerfield or Mitch Hedberg, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I I I appreciate Surprised those. He is not in the top twenty now that you mention that Rodney. Yeah, I mean, he's. Or Phyllis. We could bump Mitch Hedberg out of there for one of those two, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, and I think Mitch Hedberg, I mean, I'm, Mitch Hedberg is one of my, I mean, really one of my favorites. Yeah, quite a short career. And then you're talking about Phyllis Dillon. I mean, yeah. Phyllis and Dillon. Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, my gosh. They're so massive great. careers. When you see Rodney on Johnny, you know, oh, geez, my doctor, Vinny Boomba. <laughs> I mean, he's just got these, like, these bits that are so good. All right. Well, with that, take can... my wife. No, take her. I mean, that's kind of well, the that's classic. That's just old. I, yeah. I love it. Uh, okay. That's uh, the pastor and I going through <laughs> Rolling Stones top 20. So now you can go back and think, you know, our opinions, do they matter or not? Yeah. So, and this closes off our fifth season of Light Trees Walking Mike. Oh, congratulations. Let's pop the champagne. I mean, we, we went through a lot over the course of this past season. I don't even remember. For the love of anything, when when did we start? Like that was a while ago. Like we were probably in 2019, right? Yes. And uh, we <laughs> like, we've gone through a lot. We've been through so many things together, um, but here we are, still yeah, standing, still standing. So yeah, God, I do want to. I do wonder, like, what is like? What, when did when did we start this season? I'm gonna check. Uh, this is worth me checking. I'm I'm right there. All right, you're gonna check on that. January 21st. 2020 mike is when we started wow okay little did we know and that was like right after we saw star wars like oh, that, yeah, yeah the last episode of season four was, was us star talking wars. about star wars okay what a journey it's been what a long strange trip strange I call it that i think it's a strange trip well thank you for uh being with us for the season we'll we'll break off a new season starting soon um, this is uh, michael j nelson i'm david Berge. like trees walking